Welcome to the Blessed Adventure Podcast, where we interview women entrepreneurs, their story, their journey, and their blessed adventure. I'm Esther Ryder, your hostess. Today, we're going to talk to Stacy, where we learned that the way we think our lives are going to end up might change. Stacy started with a corporate career that she loved, but then realized something was missing. So she decided to follow her heart and paused for motherhood and is now fulfilling her dream in a very successful business. Let's listen to her story. What business do you own? Tell me about it. Tell me how you got started Okay, and why. So the business is Supreme Staging, and it actually started out not as its own business per se, but the plan was always there to branch that. So I've always loved interior design, but I didn't want to go back to school for a four-year degree. I've already done that and I didn't want to do it again. I started looking at other options to utilize an interior design and staging came up. And I kept thinking, is this even a viable profession? Like, can I really make this work? Is it really going to take off and be something that I can help support my family with, right? So you weren't looking to not work at all. You no. knew you wanted to do something. So this time you're what, 22 plus 50, you're like 37. Yeah, probably. So you weren't necessarily looking to own your own business at that point. You were just thinking, this is my talent. This is what I have an eye for. This is yes. what I enjoy. I want to do How something I, I love, do that? Gotcha. right? Mm-hmm. And I did love the idea of being my own boss because at the PR agency, it, it with it being 24-7, I felt like it wasn't in my control, that I had to be available to my clients and that that my time wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. And I did not like that after so many years. So the idea of having my own business was intriguing to me. And I felt that that would give me the ability to own my time, but I knew nothing about how to do that. And I don't know that it's necessarily my strong suit as far as like the financial piece of running a business. I'm more the, I'll go out and do it. Um, I looked into the staging class. I ended up going to Indiana and did it. It was like a three-day course. The woman teaching the class was from Columbus. I was living in Michigan at the time. I took the class and the class was awesome. It had not only people who wanted to start a staging business, but there were also realtors in there. And the realtors, like I kept thinking, well, if realtors are taking the class and they can do this themselves, like why would they hire me? Because I kept really getting concerned about how viable this was going to be. But the realtors over and over kept saying, I don't have time to do this. And they can't charge for it if they do do it because it would be against some regulations. And maybe you can speak to that more than I can. So the fact that it takes a lot of time and energy that they don't have because they're trying to sell a house, right? And while staging helps do that, that's not where they're going to be spending their time. So I kept thinking, okay, this this could work. This could really work. And I still was unsure, but something was just telling me, keep going. In the class, we actually got to go out and stage a local house that was going to go oh, on wow. the market. So the the people who put on the class partnered up with a local realtor in that area. And this was a family who they had a sick child. They needed to be all on one level. They had a two-story home. So it felt really good to help people move on to that next chapter that they needed. And so I thought, okay, here here we go. Like, this is going to tell me, is this really something I want to do? Because I'm going to get hands-on experience doing it. I loved it. It was like, I was surprised even at how much I loved what we were doing. And this was an occupied house that we went into. The teacher of the class kind of broke us up into pairs and then assigned us a room. So we ended up with the child's room. And so you have to go in. And basically what I do with an occupied house is you have to go in and edit 
what exists. And I'm really good at that because I'm a very minimalist person. And that's really what you need when you're staging. You need to go in and help people get rid of the clutter and the personalization so that the house can appeal to anyone who walks through the door. So it was very physically demanding. Like we were literally moving furniture pieces down two flights of stairs and storing it in the basement. And I was so, I don't even know what the word is. I was just so pumped about this. I was like, oh my gosh, even with the amount of physical work that goes into this, I am loving this. This is great. So this was, I took the course in February of 13. So obviously we're coming right into the selling season. So I kept thinking, okay, I'm going to get my business up and running. And of course, coming from a marketing background, I worked with a good friend of mine to create a logo, to create a website, to create content, all that stuff. And so I had all of that because that was my strong suit at the time. I had all of that ready to go. And then I was like, okay, now what? How do I get the word out that this business exists? So I started looking for local networking groups and started to kind of go to some of those meetings and things. So it's now the beginning of May. I don't have any business yet, but I'm networking. The woman who taught the class reaches out to me and says, would you come run my business for me while I have my baby in a few weeks? In Indiana. Yeah, no, she's in Columbus. She's in Columbus. Okay. Yes. But the class was in Indiana. The, okay. the class was in Indiana. She was from Columbus and she was very much pregnant when she taught the class. So okay. she reaches out to me beginning of May and says, will you come run my business while I have my son in like a month? So I was like, I said to my husband, I'm like, this is an amazing opportunity. We didn't have children at the time. My best friend lived in Columbus. I'm from Ohio. While this will delay me starting my business, I almost thought the timing was such that if I get this hands-on, especially from the business standpoint of it, because I mean, they touch on that in the class as far as like how to run the business, but there's no better way, I'm sure you know this, than getting hands-on experience. I learned so much better when I get to do. I, I, I can take it in in the class and kind of learn it, but to be able to apply it with someone who has a successful business for several years in a very booming metropolitan area, it was too good to pass up. And my husband was like, oh my gosh, yes, go. So I thought, okay, in the prime selling season, I'm not going to be networking in Michigan, but when I get back, I'll be able to network in the off season kind of, mm -hmm. so that by the time the major selling season comes up, I'm going to be all set. I'm going to be networked. She owns her own business, mm -hmm. so she can kind of decide. She had said she wanted to take at least six weeks. Her son was due at the beginning of June. So okay. I went down there with about a month before she was due okay. so that she could teach me how she was specifically running her business, all the paperwork pieces, how to price things, all of those pieces that she does. Because not only am I going there to stage because she had a team of stagers, but I'm also running the business for her. I'm pricing things. She's going to be hands off. She had a room that I could stay in. So she put me up at her place and for a month, I shadowed her, basically. I went to her consults with her. I went and staged with her and her team. And I had actually done that previously. I guess I should back up. I had gone, she had told us in the class, she's like, if anybody ever wants some hands-on experience and you want to stage, come down and you can stage with my team. She's like, I'm not going to pay you, but you can come and get the experience. So I had done that in like March, like probably about a month after the class. I had said to her, hey, I'm coming to visit my friend. Do you have any staging jobs? And she's like, as a matter of fact, we do. So I came and staged with her team. So I don't know if that was the reason she mm -hmm. reached out to me 
me because I kept thinking, why me of all the people that were in the class? Because there were people from Ohio, like the Cincinnati area. There was someone from Indianapolis. I mean, any one of us was within a decent amount of driving distance, right? Right. So I guess I felt like, oh, I'm really lucky. She must have seen something in me that said, hey, I could trust her to run this business for me. Because that's the hard part. When you own your own business and you're going to have a baby, you're not making money while you're home with your child, right? So for a month from like May to June, I shadowed her. She um, watched me do the presentations, helped me tweak things. And then she was like, okay, you're good to go. And luckily, because her son came a little bit early via C-section, healthy baby, and she got to be home with him. So I ended up staying through July of that summer. Okay, so let's back up. You learned and you left Indiana with a certificate or the, yes to say, but then you're also saying, but even though she taught your class, she had you shadow her for a month to learn more. Yes. So did that almost feel like a bachelor's degree in Indiana and a <laughs> master's degree in Columbus? Like, did you feel like you learned a lot yes. from her that you did not learn in Indiana? Yes. Kind of like just ex- extra experience. So the yes. more experience you have. It was the application, I feel like. It was taking what you learned in Indiana, and you're reading it in a book, and then you have to somehow apply it. I'm someone who I've never owned a business before, so trying to take what I learned in Indiana and apply it without any real experience was challenging because, again, for me, I'm one of those, tell me how to do it, show me once, and then let me do it myself because Mm -hmm. that's how I learn best. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was... The class was tell me how to do it. Going out and staging that day was show me how to do it and then let me do it. So being with her was the let me do it. Yeah. Not everybody runs their staging business the same, even though they give you a basic way of doing it in the class. And there were several stagers in Columbus. Columbus was very much a staging town. And I Mm -hmm. think it still is from what I know. She's no longer staging in the business. She actually got her real estate license and she's a realtor now. Oh, wow. So because listen, we're not the ones making the big bucks here. You know what I mean? Like she recognized that the money wasn't in the staging piece of it. It Mm -hmm. was, it was more in the real estate and she, grew to love it just from all the work she had done with the local realtors. And she had a, like probably three local realtors where she was their go-to person. So I have to ask, and you might not know the answer yeah. to this. I feel like I'm all over the place because what you're telling me is so cool. <laughs> Do you keep in contact with her enough to know? Did, I wonder if she felt like not having her staging business anymore was like burying a dream and it was a financial thing or like it was true like this was that season of my life and now I'm moving on and that was an awesome season and this is an awesome season. I think she looked at it very much like that was an awesome season for me. I had great success, but it's not really where my heart is. Mm -hmm. I'm discovering that now that I've been in the real estate world, I really think I can do the real estate piece and that's really where my passion is. So I think that she had had her staging business for probably... I would say six to eight years, if I had to guess, which doesn't sound like a long time, but when it's your own business like that, and she literally built it from the ground up, right? she felt like she had accomplished what she had set out to do with that, and now she was ready for the next challenge. And she's very much that type of person. Being a realtor doesn't really interest me, and I've been in that business, in that realm for a little while now. One of the things I love the most is the sellers that we meet. I get so attached to them and their outcome because that's the kind of person I am. And I think that's probably my psychology degree coming into play. So my dad paid for my college. I was blessed. And I think he probably every single day is rolling his eyes like, what did I pay for? She never went to be a psychologist. She's not been using her degree. I'm just going to paraphrase what you've been saying 
the future because I know what happens and then you fill in the gap. Sure. This is just so cool. So yeah. you had a corporate job in Michigan. I you did. decided to leave because you wanted to follow your passion. Yeah. You end up in Indiana where some lady in Columbus ends up in <laughs> Indiana to teach you for three days. You're still living in Michigan. Your Columbus person asks you to come to Columbus and work. But what your the listeners don't know yet is you end up living in Ohio. Yes. I, I, I didn't realize you ever lived in Michigan. Yes. We lived so in Michigan then, for 15 years. So then you come back to Ohio, worked two hours from Columbus, and then... During all of that, your best friend growing up's wife says, hey, do you want to be a stager? Like, yeah. I was getting a little teary-eyed, like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is a God story Well, because it, it is. It, it's too coincidental how it all tied in together. And, and I firmly believe in divine intervention. It's Absolutely. Like, I had to wait to tell you that. I'm going to cry. <laughs> but so now you've been in Columbus. You did her maternity leave. You yeah. went back to Michigan. I go back to happened? Michigan. And my husband and I had been talking about... We always said we didn't want children. And we had always gone about our lives assuming that that's what we were doing. And that was by choice. Like we were choosing we didn't want kids. My whole thing about that was I said, if we are serious about this, then we need to make that a permanent decision on his part. So when we started to talk about that, he was kind of like, well, I think the finality of it for him was kind of like, yeah, we've always said we aren't going to. And certainly we weren't getting any younger Mind you, I'm I'm 37 at this time. And I'm like, are you telling me that this is not a done deal for you? Like, we need to talk about this. And we're not quick decision makers. We are very much planners. Again, I decided in January, by the end of the year, I'm quitting my job and I'm planning accordingly. So we had been talking for that past year about whether or not we were going to try to have children. So finally, when I come back from all of this, I say to him, okay, we're not getting any younger. I'm not doing this past 40. If we are going to try to have a child... Let's do this. We'll try for a month. We'll see what happens. Or I said maybe three months or something. I'm not going to be one of those who goes and does fertility treatments or anything. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to take that as a sign that, yes, we made the right choice from the beginning. Children are not for us and we'll go on. We'll move on. So we decided for three months we would try. After the first month, I got pregnant. So it happened very quickly. Again, it's a divine thing as far as I'm concerned, because I said, if if this is meant to be, then that's what will happen. And if it's not, I'm okay with that either way, because there's so many people who aren't okay with that, you know, but I really was. So we were super blessed. But the problem was I got pregnant in August. I'm due in May. So I'm very, very pregnant during the main selling season, you know, come March when people are putting their houses on the market and it's a very physical job. And I'm still trying to develop a business, so I don't have a team. And I don't even have any realtors that I'm working with yet because I need to be networking when I'm not feeling well at all with being pregnant. So I say to my husband, I'm like, listen, I feel like I need to put this on hold. I really just want to be home with our child. I really want that opportunity. That was important to me to be home with, with my son when he was small. And so my husband was supportive of that and said, Absolutely. So I decided not to, I didn't end up launching my business then in Michigan. And after having a child, we wanted to come back to small town, be closer to family. So when we moved back, I was here, I was back for three years with my son when Kim approached me. And at that time, I said to my husband, we were getting ready to build a house. And I thought, yeah, I'm really going to need to supplement the income, if not for anything else, but for my love of decorating and things like that. So when she, again, very divine intervention here, she approaches me just as I'm starting to think, I'm going to have to go find something. And in, in all honesty, staging wasn't really at the top of my mind because I thought, I don't know anybody who's staging in this area. It's a smaller area 
Um, I don't know that the realtors are on board with it. I didn't know any realtors using stagers. I didn't know any stagers in the area. Um, so it didn't even occur to me that, okay, read, like re up this idea of a staging business. Now, um, it was her coming to me with this idea that, and, and it was, it was ideal because she was paying for it. So it was, it, it wasn't something where I was going to go out and spend time consulting with people and then give them the price tag. And then they'd be like, Oh, I can't afford that as the seller. This was built in. It, it was, mm-hmm. she's going to have me do every single listing that she puts up because this is a service that she wants to offer her clients. And so she's paying for it. So it could not have been a more ideal situation. I couldn't really say no. So I said to my husband, I'm like, the thing I told her was, okay, listen, there's a long-term friendship here. You have to tell me if this isn't working for you. And I'm going to tell you if it's not working for me. And we don't take it personally. It's business. And we are able to continue our friendship. Because in all honesty, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. Um, Kim has a very strong personality. You have to, to be your own business owner. And, uh, you know, women in general, a lot of us have strong personalities. And I have a strong personality. And I thought, that's either going to mesh or it's going to collide. But let's give it a try. So when it started, I had said to her, I I want to go to a listing appointment with you and do my consult. And I want you to walk around and make sure that the things I'm putting on the list for these people to do is what you want me having them to do. I don't want to make them do too much, but I don't I want to make sure that the house is going to be in the place that you want it when you go to list it. So she went to that. I went to that first um, listing appointment with her in November of 18. It's been almost two years we've been doing this. And after that, she was like, yep, good to go. You're fine. And after that, she was very hands-off, which is ideal for me. I don't like to be micromanaged and she doesn't have the time. Like she needed someone to come in and manage this piece of the business. She's not a stager. She doesn't want anything to do with it. She just wants it done. Right. So it worked out very ideally. So it's funny because again, staging never occurred to me in this market because I just didn't see anybody doing it. And then here she comes and approaches me about it. And I always think, what if I hadn't taken that course, you know, mm-hmm. f- five years ago prior to this? Cause it was 2013 when I took the class and it wasn't until 2018 that I actually got to apply it for myself. Right. So you just never know, I think is the lesson there. And there are so many divine things going on throughout my story, I think, Mm -hmm. um, that you can totally learn from. So what I would say to people is if it is your passion, go for that and don't give up even when you feel like you're, you're fumbling. Cause I fumbled, you know, trying to start my business. I get the call from Katie. Hey, come run my business in Columbus. I was almost relieved. Oh good. I don't have to start my business yet because I don't really know what I'm doing. And I'm going to get that hands-on experience that I need so that I'm going to be that much better when I do come back. And I will have more strengths in those areas of networking and that kind of thing. Um, And then to put that on hold when I had my son, I'm so blessed and thankful that I was in that position, that I wasn't still at the PR firm where I was beholden to them for, okay, you get this much time with your son and then you're coming back to manage these clients. You know, there's so much value in being able to be the keeper of your time and where you're spending it. So I feel very lucky there because that was important to me. And it's hard. I mean, let's, I mean, let's be real. Being a working mom is hard. I'm not saying that working dads don't have it hard too, because I have to tell you on today, as I was dropping my son off at school, I, for whatever reason, noticed the number of dads 
that are dropping their kids off too. And I think, you know, even probably as much as 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen that. It was all on mom. And, you know, we're lucky enough that we have husbands who support us, not only, you know, in financial ways, but also support our dreams and what we're well, doing. And I think I, whether it's been through real estate that I've done or business stuff, I've seen people do, I've seen the opposite oh. where the husband is not supportive Oh, and it wears on yeah. the woman. Yes. It, her dream might feel like a nightmare. Right. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. it's like, yeah, you can do this and this and this, but you still need to do this and this and this. And so when they have that support, whether they have kids or not, if they're yes. doing something and they have that, you know, support, just like when you were going to quit your job, if he had said, no, I want the income and the lifestyle. Right. Yes. Because I had been the breadwinner up to that point. I had been the breadwinner. My husband lost his job in 2005. And at that time, I was lucky enough that the PR firm I, I ended up going to, I was making commission. So I was making a very good income mm-hmm. and got him through school to get his bachelor's degree at that point. What do you do for your mental health? Mental health. <laughs> yeah. And how, like, are you, do you do it once a week, once a yeah. day, a month? What do, you, what do you do? So I love schedules and I love lists, but I will say when it comes to taking care of me, I'm last on my list. And I think that every woman out there is nodding their head. You can't pour from an empty glass, right? Mm -hmm. But yet I am guilty as well of not filling my glass. And I am a person, I don't know if it's because I grew up an only child, but I have to have me time, like just me alone, Mm -hmm. like I need food, water, shelter. Like it is an ingrained, innate thing for me. And not everybody has that maybe, or maybe they do. I don't know. But like, I'm like you, like you said, like I can over-function, if you will, for so long and then I snap, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. I've gone too long without the mental health. I love being with my friends. I have lots of girlfriends that are just uplifting and supportive, and that's huge for me. So I will schedule walks with them. I'm lucky enough to have a neighbor in my neighborhood that we can, I can just, hey, I'm coming down. Let's go for a walk real quick. And we just walk around the neighborhood. That's huge for me. The walking, being outside in the fresh air, in nature. I'm not really an exercise person. I wish I was. I need to be. That's the extent of my exercise. So your tank filling, ironically, is with other people, even though you aren't only... See, me, I'm like, I'm the person who can sit by themselves in a restaurant I will. Or a notebook. Well, I was just going to say. Or take a walk by myself where it's like. Yes. I'm hearing birds and nothing else. Yes. I'm listening to a podcast, whatever. But. So I just said to my husband the other day, I said, I I need a night away. And I'm literally looking at renting a hotel for one evening, just me taking a book. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about going to Amish country because I love it down there. Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, get up in the morning. I can take the time to do my makeup and be a human being, you know, I can take all the time I want to eat my breakfast and it's going to be hot. You know, those are the things like sadly that so many people probably take for granted that I'm like, I don't get that enough. That is what I'm craving. And I'm going to walk around the shops and maybe I'm going to buy something or maybe I'm just going to window shop. And then I'm going to sit down at a little cafe and I'm going to eat by myself. Like, yes, absolutely. Those things I feel like probably need maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. Just, just me. So I have another question for you that yeah. I think of often and I've talked to other women about this, but you and I are close to the same age. I think we're a year or two apart. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, like our grandmothers, like my grandmother died four years ago at 91 and she oh, wow. still put her fake earrings every day and put makeup on every day. I'm like, I might go a month and not have any makeup. Right, you know? right. And she made all the meals and she had, but she had a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. That's awesome. But she would still like 
figured out how much it would cost her to buy cookies at the store or how much it would cost her per cookie to make them homemade. So she made them homemade because she was like an accounting degree yeah. kind of mine. And I feel like us being like 90s, early 90s girls, we were always told we can have it all. We can do it all. Mm-hmm. Girl power. Mm-hmm. And then as I had a, as I became a mom and worked mm-hmm. and have my own business. I feel like that was such a lie. <laughs> it is. It was like our moms who told us that baloney. I think they maybe thought that because their moms had not done it at all. Right. And they wanted quote better right. for their daughters and like sure. the maybe a little bit of hippiness in our friends. I don't know. Whatever. Right. Right. But I remember being in college at Bowling Green and telling my classmates that I was there to get a degree in case something happened to my husband, I could get a job. But I want to be a stay-at-home mom. They were like yelling at me. The professor was looking at me like, he didn't know what to do. He's like, are you serious? Right. Like but yeah, I'm amazed that I thought that because my I'm very entrepreneurial. And right. I'm always thinking of ideas and yes. different things. But I think that it makes it harder for me, maybe mm-hmm. us, you tell mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. to have heard that our entire lives growing up and then to realize it's not true and then try to make that adjustment mm-hmm. where we are giving Mm-hmm. And taking and what mm-hmm. needs to happen at what time and space mm-hmm. because you can't have it all with something giving. Correct. So if you have it all in your career, your family's going to, but you can balance it and be successful in all three. Yes. I see the importance of staging, but I can't do it. Right. So this is an area of my life that you're going to do. Right. I have a lady who cleans my house. Right. Because I, nobody has have time to for that. Up, you know? <laughs> right. Right. My car. I had a friend come in last week from Texas and I'm like, wait, I have to clean my car. Cause I literally just sometimes <laughs> a lot of times just throw the trash on the floor. Right. Friends, you know, like right. we have to do some give and take and stuff. Do you, mm-hmm. did you hear that growing up? And do, what do you think of that? And the funny thing is my mom was a stay at home mom mm-hmm. and she just kind of assumed that, that my sister and I would be too, I think kind of sure. like, so it wasn't from her. It was from society and society, like all the things in that Absolutely. realm. And sometimes I'm angry at society for, for creating that really, because it's not, is it possible? Yes. But like you said, there has to be give and take and some things have to go to the wayside. And I'm a horrible person about letting things go to the wayside. And I think that this is probably the biggest struggle I've always had with having a career, even before kids. Like I said to you, I got so burnt out on having to be available 24-7 to make this six-figure income that, you know, so that I could have the nice car and and take the vacations and all of those things. But that's what society told us we could do, right? And Mm -hmm. I, I was missing that child piece, obviously. And I think for me, I don't know that I ever bought into society telling me that because I know my own personality. And I'm someone who, when I do something, I give 300% to it. And I think that's my biggest struggle because like you said, you can't give 300% to three different things, to to work, to home, to yourself. So something has to give. And I don't like that. I don't like anything to give. I don't have a cleaning lady. I'm still doing the cleaning myself, right? Oh, girl, you need to look into that. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And, even my, and, and here's the thing. My husband's like, hire a cleaning lady. And I'm just like, I- I'm the one looking at the finances and I just don't think that that's the wise place to put it. You know what I mean? Like when we have all, we have a brand new house, so we have all these projects that go with it, right? So I will drive myself crazy that way. And I think because for me, I always said I wasn't having kids. I probably ignored that little piece of what society was saying. Like, you can be a mom and have it all. I was like, oh, I don't want to be a mom. I'm fine. Like, so I can have it all. So when my son came along, I'm very, I want to say like old fashioned in that it was important to me to be home with him and to just be home. So I have questions another question for you i just want to know like a failure or a do-over that you would do that you want to share i mean i feel like i fail all the time 
but I like to look at failures more as lessons, I guess, because I learn so much from those. Okay, that sounds like somebody who reads a lot or who has a psychology degree. <laughs> Are you? I mean, because you're right. You're. I mean, because I've read that before. I don't have a psychology degree, but is that more coming from? Are you a reader? I do read, but if you're talking self-help books, not really, in all honesty. I like to read fiction. So like, I like to escape through a book. And Mm -hmm. I'm one of those where if I pick up a book, I have a hard time putting it down because I want to get to the end. Mm -hmm. My favorite author is Ellen Hildebrand. She writes a lot of like beachy books and they're just no like... I don't have to think kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I want to be that person who reads the self-help books, the Rachel Hollis books, you know, those Mm -hmm. things. They don't hold my attention. I'm just not. I I was part of this group where like, you know, they they were doing like a lot of self-development. I just, I don't do it. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. it's just not where my passion is, I guess. And do I need to be developing myself? Absolutely. But I feel like I'm developing myself like on the job, on the job or on the go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm much more of a hands-on learner in that way. Mm-hmm. So reading for me is an escape and it's like, it's a luxury these days mm-hmm. because I don't have the time. And I know the failure answer, I kind of dodged a little bit. It's okay, um, but you answered it because you learned from them. Right. So, you know, that's true. Yeah. So if somebody wants to stage their house, yeah. and obviously we're in Northeast Ohio, so yeah. in Northeast Ohio area, how do they find you? Do you have that website? Um, we do. The best way to find me, I like you can go to the website, but like you said earlier, the whole one-on-one thing, I just prefer people call me because okay. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. I want to know what your situation is because like you said, we don't always walk into happy things that are going on. You know, right. I've staged for people who have lost spouses. You know, I've staged during a divorce. Not always fun, as you know. I want to hear your story. I like that personal touch. I love and hate technology. I have a really love-hate relationship with technology. For the most part, I hate it. I think it's kind of ruining our world a little bit. And I crave that personal touch. And I think that's what I love about the area we're in because so many people still crave the one-on-one, the talking face-to-face, that kind of thing. So you can reach me on my cell is what I tell people. And they're like, are you crazy? You give out your personal cell phone? But yeah, I do. Text me or call me. You know what I mean? So. And if you want that number, I can. What's give that, that number? Share it. It's um three three zero three four seven eight two six nine. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. We all have a purpose and we have dreams to follow. To learn more about other women and their stories and their dreams, like and subscribe. Until next week, be a blessing to others.